Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Amy and I are looking forward to this episode. Um, it was prompted by some, what do you say, recent events <laughs> um, yeah. that have gone on over uh, the last couple of weeks in our business. But it really is, it's like a personal and business topic, right? Like in my capacity as an attorney, we want to talk today about being yourself, okay, in any situation and not feeling like you have to adapt to and match somebody else's behavior. So that, right, that really can apply in business and in your personal life, right? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So what we're going to start talking about today really applies in business because this is the experience that we've had. You know, over my career of the last 20 years, I've been in many situations, some for an extended period of time, where I felt like I had to match the behavior of somebody I was working, like if they were very super aggressive, somebody that I was either working with or for or an adversary, and that's just not me. So it's not my personality to attack somebody personally in business or go after them by making personal comments about them. It's just not me. And there have been plenty of situations where I felt like, should I be acting like that? And it's like you question yourself and how you behave and what you're doing. And it's really not a good feeling. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, I am a lot older now, I <laughs> realize I'm, I'm going to be 45 next week. Can you believe that, by the way? I'm going to be 45 next yeah. week. And now that I'm in my 40s, I look back and I'm like, no, I'm not going to act like you. Yeah. I'm going to act like me. And I'm going to handle the situation how I see appropriate and it will turn out just fine. Right? I agree with you. This for me brings up a couple of things. One, of course, what Laura talked about, about being yourself in situations where you might have an aggressive, um, you know, adversary, if you're an attorney like us, or you might have a business person, like a vendor that you work with, that's just shady and isn't very forthcoming. And they just don't do business the way that you want to do business. Or you might have employees that are working for you that just don't align to you. And you just don't want to match them. Right. But the other thing that I was thinking of too, when we started talking about this topic was this idea of being authentically you, because it just feels right to live your life being authentically you, no matter what, if that means that you're going to lose a client, lose a customer, lose a friend, lose a relationship with somebody, it's actually probably adding something to your life. 
as opposed to really subtracting something. What is that phrase? There's the, an incredible catchphrase of like, sometimes you have to make a subtraction from your life in order to make the best addition. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of like, you could grow so confident in the way that you handle yourself and being authentically you and how you're going to handle yourself personally and in business that it might actually push people away. And that's okay because the most important thing is to be aligned with who you are because that's the way that you should be living your life every single day. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. There's so many different angles that we can talk about. There's certainly been some relevant issues that we've had in our business over the past couple of weeks, like Laura said, that have really prompted this for us to stay really grounded. And I'm very thankful for, for Laura as my business partner, because she does help ground me a lot. I can sometimes be the spitfire that wants to fire right back, part of my personality, but I'm also growing into this sense too of like, how do I want to show up? And the way that I want to show up is something that I'd be really proud of, which we've talked about on previous episodes. How do you want to show up? You want to show up in a way that you can look back and say like, I'm proud of the way that I handled that situation. And that can be so difficult, especially when you're dealing with a scenario like we've dealt with this week in particular, where you get something and I had to use, I I talk about the 24 hour rule all the time. I was talking about it on Instagram earlier this week. I use it all the time and it kind of ties in with what we're talking about because you don't want to match somebody else's behavior. We got an email or was it, I don't remember, I think it was an email this week and I wanted to send a response and it was later in the day and the email was just vicious. It was nasty and disgusting. And so my initial reaction, it was like seven o'clock at night. And I'm like, okay, if I respond now, I will probably, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to regret what I wrote. I will. Yeah. So it took everything in me to sit on my hands and not fire right back. But I am so glad that I did. As I went to bed that night, I was literally drafting my response in my head. (laughs) As I went to sleep, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you have to give yourself that breathing room to not react to somebody else's behavior. You have to give yourself that space. So in my head, I'm like, okay, what do I want the outcome to be? How do I want to come across? If this email ended up on a judge's desk, what would I want the judge to think about my response versus what this other person said, right? Yep. And if I placed the two emails in front of a judge, I would never want a judge to look at my email the same as they're looking at this other one because it was just like I would never in my lifetime send an email like this. So... I woke up the next morning. I had all these thoughts in my head. I had really written it in my head before I actually typed it. Um, And when I sat down to write it, it didn't take me too long because I was already ready. But when I read it over and I sent it to Amy, I was like, you know what? I am so much happier with this because it's so much better than what I would have said yesterday. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like the other person. Yeah. And, uh, Dovetailing off of that too, because I mean, Laura and I could talk about this incident and piece it apart. Like it could be a whole session, an hour long podcast as to what we, the do's and don'ts of, of this entire interaction. 
But it also brings me back to, I had a similar experience about a year ago in dealing with uh, another colleague of mine, having to know when to stop and know when like engaging any further was just not going to benefit you. And when you were talking about the timing of things, I won't forget this because I was going to pick up dinner for my family and I'm sitting in my car with a warm meal on my front seat and I'm sitting writing an, a response to an email just fire it back to a colleague that I was dealing with at the time who just wouldn't stop. Like they just wouldn't. And at that point I was like, this needs to be the last email I send because I have a hot dinner sitting in my car and I have my family waiting for me inside. This is it. Like I need to be done with this situation for me. I need to put it to bed for now. It's almost seven o'clock at night and any kind of response or back and forth at this point is not going to be from my highest self <laughs> because I don't think well towards the end of the day. I don't have my best ideas. I'm not the clearest headed. You get more emotional too. And when you're emotionally charged, you're not thinking straight. And I was so proud of myself to literally walk in the house, no matter how irritated I was from that entire era interaction. I walked into the house, sat down at the dining room table with my family, and I was able to completely put it behind me because I knew I was really proud of the way that I closed that out for the day, right? So like, it's the idea too of knowing when to just let it go. Like you've said enough, you've done enough. There's no need to try and belabor it. Just because they fire across the bounds does not mean you have to fire back. Which is something that I said to you this week. Yeah. Like those exchanges could have gone on all night. Yep. <clears throat> and when I saw it, I said, don't even respond. Just let it be. I will respond in the morning. But years ago, I would have thought to myself, well, this partner that I'm working for would respond this way and immediately and fire back a nasty email. So that's what I should do. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's so much more important to be true to who I am and act how I think is appropriate rather than how I think somebody else would behave. Right. 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 It's so easy to get caught up in this one would do this, this one, especially as a young lawyer, right? If you're working for certain partners that are super aggressive and there are attorneys that just have that personality for me, I can be aggressive, but I'm not nasty. Yeah. And I think that's the difference for me personally. So it's not, I try to be respectful of my adversaries and other people that I'm dealing with because it just doesn't feel right when you are attacking somebody personally. And I had one time, I don't know if you remember this, when I had a case, it was in the Bronx and I was walking out of court with the attorney. And, and even he was a lot younger than me at the time. And we were standing on a street corner in the Bronx and he's like screaming at me and I'm listening and I'm looking at him. And I literally said, I'm like, you recognize that I'm not suing you personally, right? Why are you yelling at me? Oh, it's incredible. And it just can get so crazy. Like I'm not the party to the lawsuit. I'm not the one that has sued you. We both have jobs to do act like a professional. Right. And so I will never act a certain way 
to put on a show for a client or you have to do certain things to advocate to your client. And something I said this week is there's a difference between being a zealous advocate, which is a phrase that we use all the time, mm-hmm. and attacking somebody personally. It set me off so much this week. I thought it was so sad. And because when I see stuff like that, and I know judges don't like to see it either, and you can feel justified in a position that you're taking, but taking it to that level where you're attacking somebody so personally, I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. And I've had experiences too, and I'll take this here. And so I hope people are ready for it, but I've had experiences too, just because I am a young female attorney that I get treated unbelievably differently from my male counterparts because I'm newer to the block or they don't know me as well. So they don't know my litigation style. They don't know the way that I am. So they think like, oh, I'm going to get a rise out of her. She doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know enough. This is above her head. She's in over her head. Blah, 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 blah. They have another thing coming. (laughs) They have another thing coming because, you know, I've had really great mentors in my life and I think I can very much so hold my own. And I have had several experiences where either comments have been made about me and, you know, characterizing the way that I respond as being, you know, something like, what do they say? Like you're like too much. You're, you're too much because you're a female and you're responding like that. It's like too dramatic and all of these other adjectives that get thrown in just by virtue of the fact that it's a female litigator on the other end. And I've never tried to run with the boys. I've never been one of those attorneys. It's like, I have to be just like my male counterparts and I have to be just as aggressive and forget about the fact that I have my own unique style and that's how I'm going to respond. But it's been really difficult to be in this profession. We come from a a community that's a very small community. It's a very small legal community in the county that we primarily practice in. So personalities, reputations, all of that can get folded into the mix and make it a very delicate situation, which is why I do try to show up to be the most respectful and realize that there are probably a lot more eyes watching whatever interaction is playing out that I'm a part of than I even realize at the time. And so I I tread lightly and I also just tread in the way that I think is going to show up as the best representation for me, for Laura, for our firm and for our clients. Yeah. And it's hard to do that as a younger attorney, right? Yeah. You are not molded to think that that's how this is. The, The perceptions of how attorneys are supposed to act. And I, and I brought this up recently too, because I think this is absolutely real fault in the fact that we're so virtual now in our court appearances is I used to sit during a calendar call and watch other attorneys yep. and how they presented themselves to judges. And I was like, Ooh, I, I like what he just said, or, Oh, wow. She really had a great answer to that. And you get so much experience from being in a courtroom and you get so much exposure to the way that people talk and the deference that they give and what judges like and don't like, like you have to be a consummate observer of everything going on. And the fact that we are virtual now in so many of our court proceedings has really taken that privilege away of being able to watch other people in this craft and really do it well. 
It also leads to keyboard muscles because everybody's behind a screen and behind an email and sending letters. So they think that they could be even more aggressive, but it's really like a difficult thing to wrangle with because who do you learn from? You can't learn from TV. That's not real life. And we laugh all the time. Like that's not real life lawyering. (laughs) Trust us. But who do you learn from? You have to learn from the people that you surround yourself with. And so for Laura and I, this is how we are surrounding ourselves. We surround ourselves with other really brilliant, wonderful attorneys that we have great relationships with in our, in our legal bar. And we feed off of each other and we show up the way that we all think should be respectful and the way you should show up. You know what? That is such a good point. And I'm so thankful that COVID happened much later in my career, 18 years in or whatever, because that's so true. I used to love, I mean, I just love being a court in person anyway, but when I would sit in court, like if you're waiting for a calendar call, I would listen to the, if there was like a motion being argued or something, like I would listen to the other attorneys and their arguments and how they presented themselves. And not only do you learn like what's good, but you also see, oh my God, I would never act like that. Like you also learn how not to be and what wouldn't feel right to you. So we have lost a sense of that. And I wonder if that plays a part, I don't think so in this situation, but in the lack of civility that I've been seeing because nobody's seeing each other in person. No. So you can send a horrendous letter like that, attacking somebody so viciously and you're not going to have to face them. Nope. In person. Nope. You know, you might see them on teams or whatever. However, you know, the court is holding their conferences for us here. It's on teams, but the likelihood of seeing them in person is small these days. Yeah. So it's so interesting. You know, how do you want to present yourself in person and virtually? Right. You have to keep it consistent. You will see that person again one day. Mm-hmm. You will have to face them. So yeah. how are you going to feel about yourself and how you presented yourself when right. you have to deal with that in-person situation? It's so true. That's such a good point. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and it's, it's something that's been on my mind because I miss it. I mean, there's certain benefits, of course, to working remotely and being virtual and the benefit it is to our clients to have much shorter conferences. But as an attorney, I mean, there is... And as litigators like Laura and I, there is nothing quite like the experience of sitting in a two-hour calendar call, <laughs> waiting for your case to be called, and hearing all of the incredible arguments and the listening to the way that attorneys are presenting themselves. And there is a lot to be said about how educational that is for younger attorneys in particular. And I'm so thankful for it because when I first started as a brand new baby attorney, I was thrown right into court. I will never forget my first court case. I just had this conversation with a colleague this week. I know exactly where it was. I know what case it was. And from that point forward, I was so thankful because I was admitted for like two weeks and I was already sitting before a judge arguing an application. And it was like, ever since then, I was thrown right into the lion's den and there's something to be said about that experience and that exposure molding you to be 
well, how do I want to show up? What do I want to say? And it's also about absorbing all the information that we have when we read every letter that came into the office, every motion and application that was filed. You learn techniques and you learn styles that you really gravitate towards. And I am very thankful. And it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back, but truly, Laura and I try to lead with respect and we try to lead with showing up as our best selves that we would be proud of and that other people would be respecting, you know, the way that we present certain issues. And I know this to be a fact about Amy, which is why I was so passionate about my response this week, (laughs) but it's true. But I I think the lesson I want, if anybody younger is listening, um, especially younger women, you will find yourselves in situations where you feel like you have to match another colleague's behavior. And it doesn't just apply to the law. Just doesn't just apply to lawyers. It can apply to any situation and it can apply in your personal life, right? Yeah. I try to do this with my kids. Like it is so easy when they aggravate me to snap right back and yell at them. And I do sometimes, right. but it's a lot better when you can remove yourself from that feeling and take a second and decide how you want to respond. So if you find yourself in one of those situations where you feel like you have to act like somebody match their aggression, match whatever it is, just take a step back and think about it and recognize that, you know, how do you want to feel at the end of the interaction? How do you want to look back on it and see yourself? And I guarantee you most of the time, if you're thinking about matching their behavior and not acting like yourself, you won't be happy about it. Yeah. And do not think that because they send an email or a letter at 12.05 that you have some required response time. Okay. Because I guarantee you that your response at 12.10 would be a lot worse than your response at three o'clock in the afternoon. You will have that time that you can take a minute to really compose your thoughts and put it on paper. Like Laura said, the 24 hour rule is great. If you don't have the luxury of 24 hours though, time is okay. Like you will need to take some time to really collect yourself before you act and react from that emotional state. Yeah. Take the time, be yourself. And if you act like yourself, instead of adopting somebody else's behavior, you will be much happier about it in the long run. We thank you for spending some time with us today and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.